Hi, welcome to Trekkers Life. I'm Brandon Ingle, and I'm sitting down today with Steve and Pia Cool. Welcome, guys. How are you doing today? Hey, doing well. Good morning. Great. Thank you. Thank you for having us. You run Cool Kayak out of Omaha, Nebraska. You guys are big into the paddle sports world. Tell me a little bit about what you do and where people can find you online. You bet. Thanks, Brandon. Yeah, first and foremost, we uh, we do indeed have a, um, a paddle sports kayak specifically oriented uh, company. It's really an extension of our, our passion and love and and uh, just profound life enjoyment, uh, being on the water, around the water, all things uh, all things water. First and foremost, we're focused on uh, on kayak-centric uh, pursuits. Uh, that includes education, training, everything from you know an individual or a family or or a group you know wanting for the the first ever time you know get in a kayak, uh, understand how it feels, kayak selection. Uh, just the, the the very foundational pieces to get an individual really comfortable, you know, with uh, with being in a kayak, all the way up to to very advanced uh, level uh, pursuits. Um, we uh, we do a lot of training and have over the uh, the years with uh, with even formal uh, organizations like the National Park Service, some of the state game and park where they need formal certification. Uh, and then we do uh, additional kind of tech technical training. Some some individuals want uh, to learn how to do uh, things like roll a kayak, yeah. you know, get upside down in the water, <laughs> that close and personal. But our company is Cool Kayak here in Omaha, Nebraska, and can be found uh, uh, on Facebook. Pretty uh, prominent. My wife Pia is uh, really the uh, the you know, the the impetus uh, behind kind of the social media initiatives we take on on Facebook. But uh, we can be found on Facebook under cool kayak yeah we're also on instagram under cool kayak so beautiful we share adventures there so how did you guys get into kayaking what what was your first introduction to that sport <laughs> that's a yeah. interesting story <laughs> yeah we, we've uh, yeah we, we've we've definitely or myself probably fir first uh come full circle in a way oh gosh it's, it's probably been um 15 years plus mm -hmm. brandon and uh what occurred is a, a friend of mine he's a, a high school teacher he reached out and he said, Steve, you know, I'm going to go on a multi-day trip down the Des Moines River <laughs> there uh, through the midsection of Iowa. Uh, it encompassed three days, about 50 river miles. He said, I'd like you to consider joining myself and another uh, mutual friend. And boy, just, uh, just as he expressed this, there was one part of me who um, uh, wanted to just jump right in, but another part uh, that said, gosh, Steve, you've never set foot in a kayak. This sounds uh, way, way over your head, your experience base. It was intimidating. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, uh, you know, went forward, and uh, it was uh, three days of uh, just a massive, uh, massively uh, enticing experience. Uh, learned a lot. There was a lot that um, I didn't do right with respect to preparation <laughs> or on the water, perhaps. Sometimes discretion that's the awareness. best way to learn, yeah. Ab absolutely. Uh -huh. and, and so it learned an awful lot uh, about... Um, not only how um, you know how much enjoyment one can derive, uh, you know, being on the water in a in a uh, in a platform like a kayak that you're essentially powering yourself, um, but also some of the things that um, if you're going to uh, you know to be well prepared, safe, and uh, enjoy the experience to the maximum, you'll want to take into consideration. But that was about 15 years ago, and and literally since Brandon, there there hasn't been a day that I don't you know, in some way, shape, or form, um, uh, think about, focus on, experience, um, you know, kayaking and its its broader kind of water-related uh, uh, endeavors. Beautiful. 
Yep. Pia, how did you get into it? Well, he started, you know, like he described. Um, I remember after those first three days, um, I stay home with the dog. And uh, I got a phone call from Steve and his friends. They were running out of water because they got a little bit lost <laughs> on the river. And so I was the savior who got it there to rescue them. But I just saw the energy and how, you know, happy that, that these guys were after that trip. And we decided that summer to go to the Boundary Waters, actually, was our first experience out there. Beautiful. Um, and got to experience kayaking out there and just fell in love with it. And um, it's been 15 years uh, since we've been kayaking. We have been very fortunate that both of us love our, you know, that outdoor kayaking experience. And, and so that's, that's just now part of what, it's our passion now. Yeah. How many days did you guys spend in the Boundary Waters that first time out? That was our uh, trip, the Koishiwa Triangle that we did, and that was about yeah. five days, four nights. Uh, a lot of planning for that, <laughs> but we were not aware of how tough or how many challenges were, yeah. we were having uh, going through that first time. But, Do you remember the longest portage? Oh, there was a, yeah, there, there were several ran that were kind of in that, um, well, in excess even one mile. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that was something we, we, we deeply underappreciated was, you know, it, it can be rigorous enough, you know, transporting a canoe, but a, a kayak can add a little bit um, additional dimensions mm -hmm. uh, in those portages. And, you know, that, that was uh, maybe pure exhaustion, but uh, <laughs> that pure exhaustion ultimately kind of, catalyzed all the memories and the passion that that came out uh, out of it and you know Pia cited something uh, on my uh, running out of water experience phenomenon <laughs> from the first trip that was uh, one of the maybe the the most important learnings is uh, especially on a, a multi-day is to bring um, you know adequate uh, you know, water filtration to make sure you know first and foremost something so essential as water is uh, is uh, that you top of mind of yeah 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 how much did you bring well, on that first trip, I did not bring enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I uh, I think I thought, oh boy, gosh, uh, you know, a gallon of water would be sufficient. It uh, it wasn't even close. And at that time, just getting into it, first trip uh, there on the Des Moines, I I, I didn't bring a water filtration uh, uh, system. Um, well, and it took longer than what you guys. Uh, yeah, much longer. We, yeah. You know, the headwinds and, and, and Mother yeah. Nature being the X factor. You just you, you just need to um, you know appreciate that things don't always go. As, uh, as as planned with some of the experiences. So after that first trip, you were hooked then. Did you buy a kayak the next day or did oh, you? That, that'd be expressing it mildly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, literally. No, 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 the and, collection. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, we've uh, amassed quite a collection of kayaks over the years. Pre presently, we, we have about 20 uh, approximately, everything from six to seven foot whitewater kayaks all the way up to you know, 18-foot vicinity, uh, what are referred to as sea kayaks, uh, expedition-type uh, kayaks. But uh, literally in my first year, and this is probably something that is um, is not taken into consideration by uh, folks, you know, just getting into kayaking, is that um, you oftentimes will want to get a, a an initial kayak that uh, forces you to stretch a little bit in terms of your uh, your improvement and your learning. Because what, what one uh, almost without exception finds is that their uh, skill progression uh, comes along quite, um, you know, quite uh, timely if they apply themselves, um, you know, to the uh, to the sport. But uh, going back to your question, I think in the first year I, I went through three to four kayaks. I'd buy one, three, four, five months later, would trade it in. I started out with a 
a 14 foot, what's referred to as an eddy line. Uh, it was a sea kayak, but a shorter end and then moved up to a, about a 15 foot, a 15 to a 16, 16 to a 17, all within a pretty, uh, pretty short time frame. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned whitewater. How did you get into that part of the sport? Ah, uh, that's a yeah, great question. Uh, well, you know, both of us um, uh, came across a, um, a group here in, uh, in Omaha that uh, sponsored um, kayak polo events. And oh. these, these are events on the water where you're um, u- using whitewater kayaks. And, and the reason uh, they're uh, defaulting to whitewater is they're smaller in nature, uh, very athletic, nimble. They're designed to rotate and uh, roll and spin, um, stop abruptly, turn, etc. All the things you, you'll want in a game like polo. Uh, but what polo really did was reinforce, number one, our, our passion and allowed us a kind of an outlet during the winter months. Yes. And then furthermore, I, I would say it forced us to learn how to roll proficiently very quick because in kayak polo, you can get tossed and turned and pushed uh, in the game. Yeah, that always looks like fun. Where do you guys do that at? Well, like Steve mentioned, there was a group, um, Susan and um, And Dan Dan. uh, Randall, they put this group together of uh, people that wanted to experience some um, kayaking polo, and we used to do it in a pool um, here locally, uh, got together on Fridays and just play kayak polo. And because the weather conditions in Omaha, and we got so passionate about the kayaking, there's a time frame in winter that we didn't find, you know. Yeah, it's hard to to get out there. Exactly. (laughs) And so I came across this group and and started just just playing on the pool uh, on Fridays, trying to get that kayaking out of in in the winter. Is there any way for people locally to get involved with that kind of thing or...? Well, the the, um, the the kayak polo is is primarily a, kind of a um, a seasonal phenomenon. Yeah. In the winter, and um, as Pia had mentioned, Dan and Susan Randall um, have been instrumental in uh, in really bringing this to uh, fruition, and um, we're uh, you know we're we're very uh, appreciative of their you know their ongoing efforts there. But um, Nebraska uh, kayak, kayak polo. polo would be the uh, the formal organization. And they're in Facebook. Um, okay. You can find it in, in Facebook. People can look them up. Beautiful. Absolutely. Nice. So yeah. so your first outing, was it in a sea kayak? But my uh, my first outing in the, um, and this is a little bit uh, a little bit ironic, and it, it probably a, a testimonial in a way, Brandon, how intimidating that, that initial trip uh, down the Des Moines River. It was in a um, more of a recreational kayak, about 12 foot in length. It yeah. was a... Um, it was a perception, uh, what's referred to as a, a kind of a crossover kayak, very stable. Um, and, and in retrospect, it's uh, it's kind of amusing almost how intimidated I was because I thought, oh gosh, you know, this is um, something I'm gonna I'm gonna tip over uh, on an ongoing basis down the <laughs> river. Well, little did I know, and it was probably 25, 26 inches in width. And over the years, now um, you know, we principally use kayaks that are around 20, 21 inches. With so a lot, um, a lot less stability, um, a lot more um, uh, speed on the water. Do you so your preference is obviously for sea kayaks? Then, and I, I think it'd be fair to say our, our, mm-hmm. our principal level, although we love all forms of kayaking, you know, uh, white water on up to just getting out and uh, you know, experiencing Mother Nature, but our, our, our biggest love would be um, uh, sea kayaking, yeah. And we, we try to get down to coastal areas here around the U.S. and recently got back from uh. Columbia, where Pia is originally from, uh, here and did some uh, coastal kayaking off the uh, uh, Caribbean side 
of Colombia. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, I've seen some images of you guys out there in the ocean paddling around. That looks beautiful. Yes. I've never got a chance to go out in an ocean kayak in the ocean, so I don't know what it's like. Oh, uh, well, we'll have to we'll have to uh, <laughs> you know sync up with you and get you. Yeah, it's uh, you know it's a it's a different experience. Um, you know, with uh, obviously the size of the conditions, waves, um, and just being out there where. You, um, you you may not be able to get to shore um, as um, as quickly. I mean, there's a lot of di- additional kind of considerations that you know here in the Midwest, with respect to equipment you may be wearing on your person or your uh, PFD life vest that you uh, you don't find very common around the Midwest. But uh, out in um, in big conditions on coastal environments, um, there are things like uh, you know maritime communication, as well as rescue you know rescue tow kits, uh, etc. Other emergency type things that you'll want to uh, take into consideration. It's just two different experiences, kayaking in the Midwest and then going to the coastal. It's in- funny and interesting. Uh, the first time we went uh, to the East Coast for a, for a sea kayaking training, our fe- first experience with the ACA, l- different levels that they have on kayaking, um, we got there and, you know, making introductions and everybody, you know, I'm from, I don't know, Florida or, you know, big water uh, areas. And, and here's Steve, I, uh, Steve, a friend and myself introducing also from the Midwest. And everybody's like, oh, there's the big sea of uh, <laughs> Nebraska. And, but it's just a different experience kayaking here in the Midwest as, you know, compared to, to the coastal. And I think for us, it was just trying to find that next uh, level, if you will, next, next, you know, drive on the kayaking. If we think about the Midwest, it's more like, I, I see it more like relaxing, um, you know, experience in in the river, local lakes, um, out there with the conditions, like Steve was explaining, it, it just drives you to the next level. And, and it's amazing what you can do with a kayak and, you know, from surfing, uh, rolling out there, um, and then paddling those those uh, waters uh, with different conditions. I We just came back from Florida and we were coming to shore with this big group of people. All of a sudden, big manatee came out of the water, oh, kind of gave a kiss of the kayak and <laughs> went down. And it was a you know a new experience because that's something that we don't see out here. So yeah. it's a it's it's just an amazing difference between here and there. Yeah, not not many manatees in the in our <laughs> neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah a lot of yeah. carp. Yeah, a lot of carp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So when you guys travel for these things, are you bringing a lot of equipment or are you renting everything when you get down there? Uh, that's a, yeah, another good question. Um, a little of both. Um, because of the logistics, um, you know, just getting to the coastal area from here, uh, Nebraska, as well as the expense associated, oftentimes we'll bring kind of our, you know, essential equipment, especially, you know, things like, you know, our the own basics. PFDs. Yeah, the foundational stuff. We'll bring um, uh, VHF helmets. radio helmets. Etc. And we used to, uh, and we rent the kayaks usually where we're going. Uh, we used to uh, also get the paddles out there, but realize, and that's one thing that uh, in in kayaking, your paddle is like essential tool, if yeah. you will. So now we take our paddles with us. Very personal travel. preference with the paddles. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of folks. Uh, well, Pia mentioned, you know, uh, the acronym the ACA. And, uh, you, you know, the, the ACA is the largest, you know, kind of education accrediting body. It's the American Canoe Association here, you know, in the U.S., uh, almost without exception when we 
get involved in these sort of uh, coastal. It's in conjunction with um, with the ACA, mm-hmm. an ACA, um, you know, uh, instructors workshop, etc. Was the one most recent. But yeah, the the, the paddles, um, Brandon, and we prefer to use you know kind of ultralight carbon paddles. Um, folks just getting into it probably do underappreciate the um, the importance of a paddle, <laughs> especially on longer outings, because it can make a radical difference in in terms of you know. Um, how exhausted you get, you know, the carbon paddles we use often, you know, weigh, uh, no more than about 24 or 25 ounces. Yeah. Pretty uh, light stuff. Yeah. Pretty light mm. stuff. Um, and there is also, you know, there are different types of kayaking, but we were fortunate to get involved with, uh, uh, this company in, uh, Canada. Track. Uh, track, uh, is T-R-A-K and those are affordable kayaks. And so you can travel with them. Uh, they just released a new kayak that is it weights about 50 pounds. So you can carry, you know, check it in with oh, you and nothing, take it yeah. everywhere. Um, and so a lot of, you know, that's a good way to travel uh, with the kayak. And, and it's just fun. And they just function like a regular kayak. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of probably, um, you know, the, the, the folks uh, li- listening have never heard of uh, track, uh, And it's a, a, a really innovative, they refer to it in, in the kayak industry as skin on frame. Type oh, kayak, okay, yeah. and it's made of military grade, um, both the kind of the exoskeleton that folds up, as well as the outer membrane. But these are as capable of sea kayaks as anything um, you, you'll find out there in a in a hard shell. Um, and as Pia mentioned, um, Track has been one of the pioneers, and has continuously, I would say, inno- innovated. And now they have it down to a backpack size, you know, a fairly sizable backpack. But nonetheless, in many airlines, you can check it in without additional cost or significantly additional cost so that you can take a, a kayak, check in at the airport, and uh, you know if you're going out to the coast or traveling internationally, have your full kayak, Yeah, um, a, quite, a quite capable kayak. Um, so did you guys invest in those yet? Or Yeah, yeah we, we oh, have okay. several of them. Um, we've taken them internationally um, uh, to several destinations. And you know, for some of, um, some of your, um, your followers, uh, Brandon, if they're, if they're by chance um, you know, traveling, especially you know, when they're getting on uh, you know, jets, et cetera, and, and kayaking is part of the, uh, the itinerary or passion, um, that, that definitely would be a company worth looking at. Beautiful. Thank you. How did you guys get involved with the ACA? What brought you to them? Well, uh, I would say uh, going back um, a, a decade plus, um, we got involved in uh, our first um, as, as students, really wanting to, you know, uh, learn um, uh, some of the more maybe uh, technical um, ed- education. Yeah, uh, the ACA has, uh, or the American Canoe Association has two tracks in terms of sea kayaking. One is in terms of the skills and the other one is more in training, right? Becoming a formal instructor. Exactly. So as we started getting involved uh, and doing some research on kayaking, came across uh, that there were these two tracks. So started uh, doing some training and, and taking some classes to get certified in skills and training. So I am a level three uh, certified in skills and in training, and Steve has a level oh. four in both. Yeah, level four. Yeah, both uh, skill and, uh, and and as an instructor. Exactly. The, the you know the 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 ACA has um, in addition to kayaking, they have different complementary tracks. If you um, you know if you're prim- principally interested in a stand up paddleboard, as an example, they have um, you know an area of focus on that. They have one in the uh, the canoe realm, but the common thread is um, either as Pia mentioned for skill progression, or um, to become a formal instructor like ourselves. 
And um, the ACA has, it's, it's a national organization, but they have different divisions. And here in the Midwest is the ACA Midwest Division. And uh, there's a page um, on Facebook that we invite everybody to, to follow. And Steve actually is the uh, director of this division uh, for this year. Oh, beautiful. Yep. So how can people find uh, you guys to get instruction from? Or do you do large group outings? Or is it more individual one-on-one sessions? Or Well, we, we do both. Um, and Pia, uh, it probably um, uh, first and foremost, um, you know, focuses on um, the uh, the education end here locally. And she works with a couple organizations in particular. Yeah, so if anyone is interested in learning about kayaking, we have three different sessions. Uh, the first one is intro to kayaking. So if anyone just want to see what is this about uh, in this session, we share with with our students, you know, what is kayaking, what equipment they need, and the basic uh, of, of the sport. Uh, then we have uh, the next uh, level is advanced techniques. So they have a chance to uh, learn uh, different rescue situations or uh, advanced strokes uh, as they go out. And then the last one is out of everything, a lot of people find it fun to roll the kayak. Yeah. Um, and so that's like the third the th- third part of, of the sessions. Uh, we do a lot of one-on-ones. Uh, we also partner with local businesses here in, in Nebraska or in Omaha. Uh, Dive Ventures is one of the, the organizations that we work with, especially in winter. And then we also have worked with uh, Backwoods, uh, promoting the the sport and uh, there's an event coming up in august so stay tuned for that we'll be posting a lot of information in cool kayak and also in the backwoods uh, website beautiful and then in addition for uh, for individuals as well as formal groups and i had mentioned uh all the, the national park service uh, i think earlier as well as state game and parks but uh, this is also uh, applicable and open to individuals but we do have um, individuals um, in the organizations at large that want to Get formal um, certification, and this usually encompasses two to three days of, you know, of uh, of active on the water training, and uh, it uh, it ends with usually a, a level one or level two uh, certification uh, on the uh, skill side from the ACA, a formal endorsement. Beautiful. And, and one of one of the uh, I, I think the big advantages there. Well, it's not only that, um, and, and Pia mentioned things like doing rescues. Uh, these are probably things that. People um, oftentimes, you know, don't think about, um, they get their first kayak, they may just shuttle out there and, you know, get on the water um, and probably don't give, uh, you know, well-deserved thought to what happens if I capsize and I'm out in the middle of a body of water and can't get back in. Uh, you know, what happens if uh, the water's a little on the cold side, especially if it's hypothermic? You know, what, what happens if the current is moving and I've become detached from my kayak? Um, what, what do I do? And these are all scenarios, very real scenarios that, uh, that happen that, um, you know, we, we teach and we, uh, we go through those scenarios in a controlled, uh, on the water, uh, environment. Nice. How is, uh, rolling a sea kayak compared to <laughs> one of those whitewater boats? Well, I, I it, you know, it's, um, you, the rolling aspect is not a whole lot different, um, between a small whitewater kayak all the way up to, um, you know, the most sizable of, of, of sea kayaks, 18, 19 foot. There are um, different aspects of the dimension of a kayak, you know, what we refer to kind of as the chine of the kayak, or the way the hull design is, the rocker, that can make it, you know, a little bit easier or a little bit more difficult. But overall, the mechanics of a roll are, um, you know, are, are similar across, the, you know, the different types mm-hmm. of kayaks. And, and uh, I think one of the things we often find is, 
you know, uh, going into things like rolling classes, learning how to roll. And this may, uh, this may be especially true with men who take our class. Um, rolling is often perceived as something where, you know, you need to have a lot of muscle strength. And uh, so oftentimes some of the participants will try to, you know, use too much muscle to, uh, to learn how to roll. And, and really, I think it comes down to more flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it takes some practice, um, but once you get it, it's like it's, it's just become like a fun experience, and it makes you lose that being afraid of if you flip what happened. A lot of people think, "Oh gosh, if the kayak capsizes, I'm just gonna you know stay underwater," and it's that's not that's not the case. And rolling the kayak it just allows you to be more you know secure and and, and feel safe, uh, enjoying uh, the kayaks. So we're looking forward to the uh, South Dakota Kayak Challenge in a couple weeks here shortly. Uh, it's 70 miles on the Missouri River up in South Dakota, Yankton to Sioux City, or Sioux Falls. Sioux City. Sioux City. Yep. How did you guys get into the whole adventure racing aspect of kayaks? <laughs> um, so, you know, we living in Omaha, and we were looking for different opportunities to kayak around here. Uh, there are some local lakes uh, that you can uh, kayak around here. But then we were looking again for the next adventure and uh, had the opportunity to drive up north uh, by Jainton, South Dakota, and uh, found Lewis and Clark Lake out there with the Missouri River. And one of the things that I want to share with the, with the here is that a lot of people here in Omaha, the only part of the Missouri River that they know is the one that crossed uh, out here and you tell people you're kayaking in the Missouri River and their face is like, oh my gosh, you just, you know, that's <laughs> not a very appealing uh, river for a lot of people. Uh, but if you drive north, uh, the Missouri River is just beautiful out there and it gives you an opportunity to really experience uh, uh, Nebraska um, in a different, in a different completely way. So we had the chance to go to Jainton, South Dakota to kayak out there and got to meet Jared and came across uh, the uh, South Dakota Challenge. And we've been doing it for about seven years now, yeah. five, seven years. And it's just been a great uh, opportunity to find out how much your body and your mind can take <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> during that, that 70 river mile stretch in the Missouri River. Yeah, and as, as Pia had mentioned, you know, J Jared, uh, Jared uh, Bees and Steve Dahlmeyer in particular have been just instrumental in you know, really uh, bringing uh, about um, uh, an event that has uh, brought folks um, not only from around the region, but uh, if you look at even this year's uh, registrants, um, there's uh, there's one or two uh, coming in internationally oh, nice. for, for this. Um, I know one gentleman, a kayaker from Mexico, is coming all the way up. So it's definitely, you know, attracted national attention. But, but I think most importantly for, you know, individuals here um, in the population base in Nebraska, as Pia Absolutely, um, correctly cited the, you know, the, the the reference point for many folks here in, in, in Omaha as an example is the channelized Missouri River that they experience, uh, you know, right uh, right down the riverfront. But uh, the river system up there, while it's the same river by name, the Missouri River, it's profoundly profoundly different river. You know, to start with, it's um, you know it, it's regulated by the National Park Service. There's a hundred mile corridor, inclusive. Um, of a good swath of um, the South Dakota Kayak Challenge that uh, is really unadulterated and it's unchannelized. 
and so that the panoramas, the um, you know, the experience is uh, not uh, not entirely different than what um, you know Lewis and Clark in their Voyage of Discovery experienced, you know, uh, way way back. But it's a it's an immaculate uh, adventure, and it's one that's suitable whether you're doing it for you know purely um, experiential recreation, just to get out and enjoy Mother Nature over one or two days, all the way up to uh, some of the finest um, you know uh, kayakers from a from a racing perspective mm-hmm. um, are involved. And I'm going up there in the adventure class, so I'm not really going to be competitive, but are you guys going there to compete and try to, to what, best your previous times? Yes, or? that's our goal. Um, we try to be the better time from the prior year. Um, after I think after three years of racing in the adventure category, then you move up to the, com- the competitive one. Um, but for us, uh, is how can we do better than, than prior year? Yeah. And so, like, the first year, I think it took us, I don't know, I think 14 hours to finish uh, the 70 miles. And last last time we did it, it was 11 hours. So it's, uh, and of, but of course, it depends on the conditions of that day. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, usually what happens is windy, very windy that day. <laughs> For <laughs> yeah. some reason, I know, uh, I don't know, Mother Nation knows that that's happening. And so <laughs> the wind. In the right direction? Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. No. no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, boy, between the the, the winds, um, you know, the, the the variability from year to year, you know, whether you got um, you know strong headwinds or potentially you know um, tailwinds, um, and then the current. We we think this year the current's going to work. Knock on wood on our side. There uh, there's a lot of uh, anticipated runoff, and thus at, at that first dam at Lewis and Clark uh, Lake Gavin's Point Dam, uh, there's a a lot of release flowing out of that. Um, and a lot of schedule release over the forthcoming weeks. And and as an extension, Pia and I are uh, also then um, about 30 days later, Brandon, um, we are competing in the um, the Yukon River Quest. It's 440 river miles and considered it's up in the Klondike area of the Northern Territories of Canada. And we're super excited about it. Um, um, Yet it's scary. It, it, yeah, it, it, <laughs> it's it, the it, longest kayaking it, race in the world. It, it's about oh, three wow. days and they give you a total of about six hours to to sleep or rest. But, you know, because of... The um, you know the conditions up there. There's uh, uh, even more steps that are required, including kind of satellite linkages and tracking, um, as well as on the uh, I guess on the the, the sleep side, um, because uh, the sun never uh, sets. You're paddling in 24-hour continuous light, oh, wow. which will be a brand new experience for us. But our our goal is to just well, of course be safe first 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 and foremost. You know to uh, to just finish in the in, you know within the uh, the allotted time. But a lot of a lot of um, very accomplished, including, uh, you know, former, I think, and present Olympiads that are, are going to be participating in that one. But, uh, you know, the, the South Dakota uh, Kayak Challenge has really been the platform. Yeah. You know, and, and that's uh, Yeah. And that's one of the races that they have here in the Midwest. There's another one. It's called the Fort to Field. And that's 50 miles from Fort Randall to Springfield, Nebraska. That's another opportunity uh, for people to experience uh, the river out there, and it, that is stretch of the river is just uh, it, it's just mind blowing beauty. <laughs> yeah, mind blowing beauty. And, and Jared has been kind of one of the principal yeah. architects behind that one. And P had mentioned that's at the second dam. Um, you know, the, the attractive attribute, you know, for uh, for people here in, in our backyard and you know uh, Omaha and, and in the Midwest is, you know, it's very accessible to get up to you know the first dam, Gavin's Point Dam. It's two and a half hour drive. To get up to the second dam, it's only about an hour or so beyond that. Just again, the uh, the the panoramas, the the beauty of that, 
uh, re- really is an awakening experience, I think, for folks who have never been up there. You know, Jared and, uh, and Steve and others uh, just deserve immense, immense credit um, because all this was non-existent uh, in the not-too-recent past. Beautiful. Yep. Have you guys uh, done one of these multi-day adventure races before? Well, we've not done uh, no, multi-day. Not this is going to be a, a big, big stepping stone because the South Dakota Kayak Challenge... Probably the longest we have it, it, accomplished. Yeah, in terms of a formal race, we've yeah. gone on multi-day adventures. But um, in the South Dakota Kayak Challenge, uh, technically can be considered multi-day. Um, a lot of folks don't finish, uh, uh, whether it planned or unplanned, uh, until the second day. And Yeah, they give you a chance it, to camp, yeah. uh, to spend the night, and then you have the next day to finish. For us, the challenge always has been, let's just get it get done. in, get it done, yeah. <laughs> and move on. Um, but yeah, no, the, the South Dakota has been the, the longest uh, stress, I think, that we have been doing, uh, that we have done. So we're taking it all the way to the next level. Have you guys seen the Missouri River 340? Oh, yeah. yeah. We, yeah. we, and, yes. and we, have, uh, we have friends uh, who have done that, and that, that's something that uh, we've wanted to do, I think, because of maybe the timing more than anything. Um, because one of the things we try to do is uh, get a couple uh, big kayak-oriented trips in during the summer months, and it seems like the last few years there's, uh, there's been some kind of conflict in our, our schedules and, mm-hmm. and such. But absolutely, yeah. Is that one you're looking to do in the future? Then or? I I think so. We're, yeah. It's it's kind of interesting. <laughs> that would have been actually probably the the, the natural kind of progression. smart progression, perhaps, um, going from the kayak challenge to the Missouri River 340. There's something I, I think for P and I especially alluring about going up to the Klondike uh, area, a um, remote area. Yeah. Such a remote area where you know things like the the the, the giant brown bears, you know, yeah. and moose are going to be prevalent. So. It's a much more appealing place to kayak, I would assume. Uh, yeah, we, yeah. We, 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 think, we think kind of that, um, yeah, that, that broader experience is really going to, uh, to be something. Beautiful. So then how do you prepare for these kind of races, and what do you do to, what equipment are you bringing? Well, we have a, a, a couple different, I, I think, really essential mm-hmm. uh, pieces of equipment. We have a, a Kayak Pro uh, rowing machine. And um, it, it literally replicates um, the um, yeah, the technique you use um, in uh, in uh, in paddling, whether it's for racing uh, purposes, all the way up to just um, you know getting there and uh, keeping the uh, the muscles tuned and uh, and such. And principally, we use these in the winter in months, the winter. I should say, mm-hmm. because there's no substitute for getting on the water and paddling yeah. directly. But we also have um, you know a kayak rowing m- machine that a little bit different uh, mechanically. Uh, you know, it's designed again, kind of keep your, you know, your core, um, you know, in uh, in relatively decent shape off season. Um, we do a little bit of weight training, and a little mm-hmm. bit of just you know oh, cardiovascular. Yeah. Don't overdo it, but I think probably the biggest thing is just spending uh, a fair amount of time on the water. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you know when in these uh, races, there's a combination of your mind and your physical. And so uh, it's not only about working your physical, but it's also mindset. And I, I guess my first, our first experience, or my first experience in the kayaking in the South Dakota Challenge, you know, is 70 river miles. And I think that year the conditions, the wind was just terrible. Um, and you come to realize that you have a lot of power on your mind. <laughs> when you feel tired. It's just that relationship between the two. So for the uh, Yukon River Quest, um, it's, it's been a combination of both uh, the physical and also uh, learning and trying to get as much information as we can about the area and, and getting to that point that um, it can be done. Nice. 
So do you guys have any preference of local paddle spots around the area? Ah, uh, that's well, depending on how you define local, I, I think, you know, overwhelming if, if, um, I guess maybe you take a, a liberal de- definition of, of local, uh, local with respect to kind of geography. If you have it in the cards where you can, you know, drive two and a half hours, I, I think P again touched on Lewis and Clark Lake. Uh, it's 26, 27 miles in length and at its widest point about two miles across. And it's kind of right in the epicenter of that, uh, that 100 mile stretch, um, of, uh, of unchannelized Missouri river. I would say, you know, that, that would be our number one in terms of if you're looking for a kind of, uh, Maybe that urban right here in Omaha experience, the, the lake we enjoy um, the the most would be uh, Cunningham. Cunningham I, I'd say that, that probably is the one that you know gives us uh, a, a little bit of that. You know, hey, we're getting uh, getting a little bit um, out there experience. And um, there's also part of the river here locally from MP Dodge, yep, up north uh, to downtown Omaha. That um, I don't know how many miles is that. Yeah, it's generally. I would say it's it's probably somewhere around ten miles. You do it, in, you know, in a couple hours, no problem. Um, it's it's a nice uh, stretch to kayak. Um, we just have to be mindful of the boat traffic in this area. Is it pretty bad? Well, it can be sometimes. Summer um, months. Yeah. yeah, but um, it's it's also a nice, a beautiful experience uh, to to do here locally. Um, you know, you know, you need to know what you're doing. Uh, but it's it's a very nice experience um, here in in Omaha. Yeah, we'll, we'll you know it, we'll uh, periodically you know kayak even in winter months. Now we're mm-hmm. using um, you know special you know gear, neoprene, dry suits, uh, because obviously that um, you know is very hypothermic, very cold water in January yeah. out of Missouri. <laughs> but we'll we'll literally f- um, for exercise purposes occasionally put in at NP Dodge Park and and paddle upstream against the current to get a workout uh, in. I think the reality is you, you want to have you know, take extra extra uh, precautions in in uh, in everything, and even then we will hug the um, you know the uh, sure. the shoreline, uh, remain in very close proximity to shore. But yeah. you know that that stretch of the Missouri that Pia said is is a is a really neat experience because you're seeing some of the even bridge. the yeah the old remnants of the urban uh-huh. yeah. yeah it's it's fantastic. You go by the airport so you can see the planes the jets will fly over and taking off yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a nice experience beautiful yeah. is there anything else you guys would like to cover did i miss anything when uh, when you think of um, of kayaking and, and paddle sports and on the water experiences you know uh, oftentimes you know omaha nebraska is is probably uh is is not the um locale that uh, comes to mind first uh, <laughs> uh first uh but we uh have uh, have found that actually Omaha is in terms of a uh, an emerging area and uh, provided kind of a central uh, location to springboard to you know many other beautiful destinations when we start out with the boundary waters um, you know there's just there's immense immense uh, experience right uh, you know right in our backyard uh, so we appreciate the opportunity to, to feature a little of it yeah, yeah. have you guys gotten up to the Great Lakes up there too. Oh, oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! That's yeah. We've gotten uh, yeah. We we have a little um, uh, we have a little airstream. If you're familiar with airstreams, they're mm-hmm. like the silver bullet of, of trailers. And we have I think it's the smallest one airstream ever made. A little 16 foot. They call it uh, the Bambi. The Bambi. The Bambi. <laughs> and so we'll put our kayaks, our sea kayaks there on uh, on on racks uh, above our pickup and. We've uh, we bought you know our, our trailer up there and we've literally camped out uh, right on the water at Lake it's Superior. Good. Yeah, and uh, you know we uh, we have two uh, uh, loving uh, golden retrievers who have um, 
who have been uh, just uh, indoctrinated since they're little puppies in in kayaking and water sports, and we'll bring them up with us. And so it's a whole family affair, as they say. But uh, yes, the the, uh, the Great Lakes are are there. We've been to the Apostle Islands and have camped out on the Apostle Islands. How beautiful! Yeah. So j- just uh, going back, uh, Omaha is uh, is is really uh, in proximity of, of a number of pristine destinations from. Uh, from an on-the-water experience, a kayak experience that uh, are, are easy, you know, day or so uh, access. Yeah, it's yeah. perfect. It's centrally located to about everything. <laughs> everything, yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, how can people find you again? Well, just join us in our, our social media, Cool Kayak, in Facebook and Instagram. And we just want to invite everyone just to try at least once. Um, you get hooked once you get into a kayak. Um, so come join us and paddle together. Cool kayak. Thank you, Stephen Pia. Thank you, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Brandon. Listen.